0: Evidence and Answers Are there such things as ghosts and paranormal activity? If so, what exactly are ghosts? Are today's mediums and psychics able to communicate with these entities? Does the Bible say anything about ghosts and how should Christians respond to such phenomenon? You are listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Join Pat today as he interviews cult expert Dr. Ron Rhodes on the topic of ghosts and the paranormal. This entire interview, along with other interviews with top Christian scholars, are available at EvidenceAndAnswers.org. I'm sure you're going to find this show challenging and intriguing. So let's join Pat now with his guest, Dr. Ron Rhodes.
1: Well, there are numerous TV shows and movies about ghosts and paranormal encounters. Ghost Whisperer, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Trackers, Crossing Over, Poltergeist... Just to name a few TV shows and movies about ghosts and the paranormal. We are fascinated with ghosts and paranormal activity. And there are a lot of questions around this mysterious phenomenon here. And here to help us answer some of these tough questions is Dr. Ron Rhodes. Dr. Ron Rhodes has a doctorate from Dallas Theological Seminary. He's an expert in the cults and the occults, and he's here to answer some tough questions for us today. Well, Dr. Rhodes, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thanks. It's good to be with you today.
1: Well, we're talking about a topic that intrigues the majority of people in the world, ghosts and paranormal activity. Why the fascination with ghosts and all this paranormal activity, Ron?
2: Well, I think there's a number of reasons for it. I think that, first of all, a lot of people are just really fascinated by, you know, things beyond this world, the paranormal. You know, we have five senses. And there are things that take place that are beyond those five senses, and that's what we refer to as the paranormal. And one of the appeals for this phenomenon is the idea of the soul surviving death. You know, we're living in an age where we're witnessing the aging of America and really the whole world, and the reality is, is a lot of people wonder what goes on beyond death's door, and is contact possible? Is it possible for me to see a psychic who can get in touch with my Aunt Wilma or Uncle Fred? And so I think that that's one of the reasons why it's growing today. Also, the theology that comes from psychics is very appealing. The idea is is that there's uh, really salvation for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu. But whoever you are, the soul survives death and continues to evolve beyond death's door. And that's an idea that I think is very appealing to many people.
1: Yes, and when we talk about ghosts, what exactly are is the definition of a ghost?
2: Well, the word ghost comes from the German word Geist, and it means spirit. And obviously, a psychic will define a ghost different than a Christian would. The way that psychics define a ghost is that when a person dies, the spirit departs from the body, and ideally, the spirit is supposed to cross over Into the great light. Allegedly, there's a light that appears. As the spirit goes into the light, he crosses over to what is called the other side. And that is the place where spirits can commune with each other and continue to evolve. But for some reason, some spirits decide not to go into the light, and they remain on earth. And those spirits that remain on earth are labeled ghosts. So not every spirit is a ghost. It's only those spirits that stay behind on Earth and continue to roam the Earth, whether in haunted houses or haunted you know, uh, hotels or whatever, those are categorized as ghosts by spirits or by psychics. And I should let you know that according to psychics, very often these ghosts or spirits don't even recognize that they have died they think that they may still be alive but they do wonder why people don't talk to them anymore and I don't know if you remember the uh, the movie the sixth sense but that was actually portrayed on that movie
1: yes and uh, also on that TV show what is it called Ghost Whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt is that correct yes now the spirits they don't go over to the other side why is that why do they remain
2: well there's a number of reasons for that you know for one reason Some of the spirits don't recognize that they've died, and that's particularly the case in violent accidents, for example, a car wreck. During a car wreck, the spirit is thrown out of the body in such a fast fashion that the spirit doesn't recognize that it's actually left the body and is is dead. Now, again, I'm talking about the psychic view. This is not at all what Christians believe. But there's other viewpoints as well, and depending upon what psychic you ask, you might get a different answer on it there are some cases where spirits stay behind because they don't want their loved ones to mourn they see their loved ones even though their loved ones can't see them but these spirits think that by staying behind that maybe they can protect them in some way and still others believe that the spirit stays behind in order to you know protect its investments you know some of these were rich on earth you know during their earthly mortal life they had stock investments and mutual funds and so forth. And so the idea here is that sometimes the spirits stay behind to protect their wealth, even though they can't take their wealth with them. And so, like I said, there's a variety of reasons why psychics say that spirits stay behind. But what's interesting is that some psychics believe that eventually the spirits on the other side, that is to say those spirits that have already passed into the great light, will eventually do an intervention on these spirits who are still on the earth. In other words, some of the loved ones who have already passed on will arrange an intervention so that the ghost does not remain a ghost, but eventually crosses over into the light. Uh, You might remember the movie called Ghost, starring Patrick Swayze. You know, there was a long time when that spirit decided to stay on earth. And eventually, it ended up going into the great light, and uh, supposedly, that's where all spirits eventually end up, even though sometimes there's a delay.
1: Yeah, now, these spirits that remain, I mean, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to make something right, or are they trying to...
2: Well, sometimes they'll make they'll try to make something right. For example, in the case of a murder, there are cases where the, the spirit stays behind on earth in order to seek revenge. Now again, we saw this portrayed in the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, you know, he tried to communicate through a medium, a medium is a person who allegedly can hear the voice of the spirits. And this spirit, played by Patrick Swayze, was seeking to bring about justice to his own murder. And not only that, but to protect his girlfriend. You know, and that's something that we read about often in psychic literature as well. I might mention to you that a lot of people watch these Hollywood movies and they think that just a bunch of Hollywood writers are just making this stuff up. But actually, a lot of the Hollywood screenwriters are basing their ideas on what you might call psychic theology or ghost theology. These are occultists who have read many, many books on the topic, and after reading a lot of these books, these screenwriters put together their movies. So in many cases, what you see portrayed on the screen is based upon what psychics actually believe. And I hate to say it, but ghost movies and paranormal movies are among the most popular out there. And that's one of the reason why they keep coming back. And, of course, the latest reincarnation is, I believe, is called Paranormal Entity 1, 2, and 3, which are movies that are very frightening, but they have a very, very large audience out there.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, according to these psychics, you know, are these ghosts friendly? Are they harmful? you know a lot of movies we get some where ghosts are you know kinda friendly and innocent there's other movies where they are demonic looking and dangerous and can possess people what what is their definition here or how do they look at ghosts
2: well you know there are spirits on both sides and in fact it's kind of interesting that you raise that question because I've actually been in meetings with psychics who have been asked this question for example Kevin Ryerson who is the psychic for Shirley McLean? Now, I went out to hear him along with Elliot Miller, who was with the Christian Research Journal, and we were the only two Christians there with about 2,000 New Agers. And anyway, somebody asked him about whether the spirits are all good or whether some of them are bad. And he acknowledged that there are some of the spirits who are very, very bad spirits. But in his opinion, God was his psychic bodyguard. That's the word that he used. And psychics also teach that if you meditate on either green light or white light, you can be protected from evil spirits. Now Pat, i got to tell you, I think that the demonic spirits are laughing their heads off at that idea. You know, the idea that if you just meditate on green light, that's going to protect you from evil spirits. It's nonsense. But this is an idea that's very common in ghost theology. Now, you've also heard of the term poltergeist. That comes from the German, which means noisy ghost. And allegedly, if there is some kind of sacrilege that takes place, for example, if a house or a building is built over a sacred graveyard, then that can make some spirits very angry and they will seek vengeance in some way. And one of the ways that they do that is by wreaking havoc in houses, by causing noises. Sometimes it might be rapping sounds that you might hear in a wall. Other people describe it as being cymbals clanging There are other people who claim that the poltergeist or the noisy spirit causes a sensation of fear accompanied by sounds, but the sounds don't come from any particular one direction, but rather it seems to be all-encompassing, coming from every direction. And a lot of people who wake up in the middle of the night who experience what you might call a night fear claim to sense the presence of a poltergeist. And most often it's people who have been trafficking with demons through the occult. That experienced this phenomenon
1: you know Ron we see a lot of uh, shows in which people believe their house is haunted by ghosts and everything and they call in a psychic or a medium and they try to get rid of these ghosts now according to these psychics how do they get rid of these ghosts
2: well you know there's a number of ways that you can get rid of these ghosts allegedly and some of them are quite comical For example, there are some people who have taught that if you tell corny jokes without, you know, giving up, I mean, if you just continue to tell corny jokes on and on and on, (laughs) that eventually you can get rid of the the ghost. Like knock-knock jokes would be a good example of that. There are other people who have claimed that if you play certain kinds of music, then you can clean your house of ghost activity, you know, uh, certain forms of country music or maybe, you know, certain kinds of, what they call metal music, heavy metal music, that you can drive out the ghosts. There are others who believe that the more that you meditate on green light or white light, that can eventually clean your house. There are others who go through rituals that they think that can clean their house. So like I said, there's a variety of different methods that are used. Some of the psychics like James Von Prague suggest that you need to send out thoughts to the troubled spirit, and you do that psychically. And allegedly, as you send out positive thoughts to the spirit, you can encourage it to go into the lights and, you know, leave your house. Here's the thing, though, Pat. You know, a lot of the people who have encounters with, you know, with these ghosts often have some kind of previous involvement in the occult. And I'm talking about stuff like, you know, seances, or maybe they visited a psychic. It could be they're involved in telekinesis, you know, this idea that you can move objects by the power of the brain. Some people practice what's called psychometry, which basically involves trying to do a psychic reading on a person by picking up something that belongs to that person, like a hairbrush. And you know, there's all kinds of different aspects of occultism. You know, astrology is a real popular form. And it's typically people who have been involved in some form of occultism that experience these things during the night. And I can tell you that no matter what you do in terms of, you know, meditating on green light or telling knock-knock jokes or whatever, those spirits aren't going to go away. There's only one source of true deliverance, and that's found in the power of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is the only one who is more powerful than these demonic spirits.
1: Well, Ron, you did a great definition of defining how psychics define ghosts and how they interact with the ghosts. Well, what is the Christian definition of ghosts?
2: Well, according to the Bible, we have both a material nature and an immaterial nature. Our material nature is our physical body, whereas the immaterial part of a human being is his spirit, which is also called a soul. These two terms are used interchangeably in the New Testament, and therefore the spirit and the soul both refer to the immaterial nature of man. And Christians believe that at the moment of death, the spirit departs from the body as easy as a hand slips out of a glove. And the destiny of that spirit depends on whether or not you've trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. If you are a believer, it's the clear teaching of Scripture that your spirit goes directly to heaven. We see that in Philippians 1.21, where the Apostle Paul talked about departing his physical body and his spirit going to be with Christ in heaven. And he also talks about that in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, which says that to be away from the body is to be at home with the Lord, with your spirit. Now, if you're a non-believer, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, Scripture teaches that at the moment your spirit departs the body, you go to a temporary place of punishment that Peter talks about in his epistles, where they await the future great white throne judgment. And that great white throne judgment will be the judgment of the wicked dead, after which the lake of fire will be populated. And so uh, what you do with Jesus Christ in this life, in mortal life, is all important.
1: Yes, well, is there the ability or are there times when a spirit stays behind? Does the Bible say anything about that?
2: Well, no. In fact, no spirit can stay behind. This is one of the false assumptions that psychics have you know because psychics believe that some spirits can make the choice by themselves to to stay behind on earth Now, here's the thing Pat I don't have any doubt about the fact that there are spirits on earth the question is are these spirits demonic spirits or are they human spirits who have chosen to stay behind on earth I believe they are demonic spirits and there's a couple of reasons for that number one Human beings do not have the choice to stay behind on earth. According to scripture, you know, you you will either go to be with Christ in heaven if you're a Christian, or if you're a non-believer, you will go to what you might call a spirit prison, where you're held up until the day of judgment. And so you don't even have that option to stay behind. That being said, there are demonic spirits on earth, and these are, you know, fallen angels according to Scripture. We read about that in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 and Revelation chapter 12. And apparently one-third of the angelic realm joined Lucifer in rebelling against God, and so one-third of the angels became demonic spirits. And what Scripture teaches us from the writings of the Apostle Paul is that Satan and the evil spirits can mimic angels of light, and they can certainly mimic dead humans. In fact, I believe that when psychics get in contact with spirits that sometime they in fact are in contact with a demonic spirit who is mimicking a dead human and they do that to give credence to the false religion of spiritualism this idea that we can contact the dead
1: and so that's why scripture is pretty clear on necromacy or contacting the dead it clearly forbids that doesn't it
2: well that's right in fact one of the best verses for that is Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 and 11 and it says, let no one be found among you who is a medium or spiritist who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And by the way, Pat, that's emphatic in the original Hebrew there. This, this word detestable is a very strong word. And in fact, the penalty back in Old Testament days for anyone who was caught doing this was the death penalty. And as you know, uh, the death penalty was only reserved for the worst sorts of things back in Old Testament times. And so we know that this is something that is horrendously offensive to God.
1: Now, Ron, you know, there are certain people like Jonathan Edwards who believe they can communicate with the dead. Yes. But they're really using a lot of cold reading and body reading and power of suggestion and things. How do we discern between someone who's doing that, like a magician, and someone who's really in touch with probably a demonic host here?
2: Well, that's a good question because I think both explanations are necessary for a full understanding of what's going on in the world today. In other words, I believe that some psychics actually are in contact with a demonic entity, whereas others are just uh, engaged in effective role-playing, basically. And so, let me tell you the difference between the two. When I went to see Kevin Ryerson and watched him do his thing, there's no question in my mind that that was an individual who was being influenced by a spirit and I saw things that indicated that you know this person would actually take on different personalities right before our eyes and it just seemed you, know, you could sense like a presence of evil that was there by contrast when you see John Edward on television with a studio audience of two or three hundred people you might see him get up there and say I sense there's someone here who has a grandmother that's passed on who has a last name beginning with D or R or S or T. Now, obviously, somebody there is going to have a grandmother passed on with a last name beginning with that. And then when somebody raises their hand, he might continue by saying, I sense that you have a piece of jewelry from that person, and it is a closed circle. Now, a closed circle could be a ring or a bracelet or an anklet or any number of pieces of jewelry. And so there's bound to be somebody there that has that. And the person then might, uh, you know, Jonathan Edwards then might say, I sense that this person died from a sharp pain in the chest, or, or perhaps a darkness in the body. and Now, darkness is used by them to describe cancer. So all I'm saying is that by effective role-playing in these cold readings, very often these psychics can convince people that they're actually in contact with a spirit entity. Now, here's the thing, Pat. Very often when John Edwards goes on to describe their relative that has passed on, someone in the studio audience will say, well, that doesn't sound like my uh, grandmother or my grandfather or or whoever it is that passed on. And they've always got their excuses ready. You know, they'll, they'll always say something like, well, you know, when you pass on, you leave all the bad baggage behind and changes take place. I might mention to you, Pat, that I saw them on the Larry King show one time And uh, James Von Prague got a reading entirely wrong of somebody that called in. And then John Edward, who was also there, said, I sense that the reading is correct, but it's for a person in the next building over. (laughs) I mean, that's just an excuse, but they've got these excuses right ready.
1: Yeah, okay. So you say the big difference is that if someone is really possessed by a demonic force, I mean, it changes their personality and possibly, you know, their voice and, do they do other things?
2: Well, there are other things. There's paranormal knowledge that can take place. Sometimes there are things that the person could not possibly know otherwise that they come right out and say. And that does not mean that you know, that Satan is omniscient and is influencing this person to say those things. But the fact is is that there are demonic spirits that answer to Satan in a hierarchy. And as they communicate knowledge to Satan, the fact is that these famous psychics who were in contact and trafficking with these evil spirits may sometimes say something that has credibility or something that actually did take place that that psychic could not have known otherwise. And so we have seen those kinds of things happen. And you know, those kind of people are especially dangerous because the people who contact them and get involved with them gets sucked deeper and deeper into occultism. And here's the danger, I think, Pat. I mean, it's especially dangerous for Christians, because today, if you look in some of these little tabloids that are published locally in different cities, there are advertisements for Christian psychics. And these Christian psychics say that they've got a gift to the Holy Spirit to get in contact with the dead. When in contact, they're, they're actually in contact with the unholy spirit. Yeah. You know, Satan himself. And so there's a lot of Christians who think that they are, within the will of God, seeking, you know, a Christian psychic. And I just want to say in no uncertain terms that there's no possibility of any psychic being acceptable to God, even if they call themselves a Christian psychic. That's an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, the Bible clearly teaches against that. You know, you know, Ron, you mentioned something really interesting. I've talked to several psychics, and most of them I, I considered bogus. I've really never met one who really had super this kind of supernatural knowledge or capability. You said you've run into a couple or at least have uh, known of some that truly have this ability? Well, yeah,
2: I think that Kevin Ryerson is, is one good example of it. Kevin Ryerson, as I said before, is Shirley MacLaine's channeler. He's one of the most expensive channelers in Hollywood and by channeler I'm, I'm referring to a spiritist or a medium. channeler is another term, it's kind of a whitewash term that is used to describe somebody that can get in contact with either your guardian angel or you know somebody that's died that has passed on and I spent over two hours observing Kevin Ryerson right up front, right close to him, and it seemed very very clear that this guy was trafficking with demons and, and another guy that I encountered who I believe is also trafficking with demons that I spoke with for over an hour is a uh, new ager who is the head of the tara center there in los angeles his name is benjamin krem and this individual claims to be in contact with the cosmic christ and other spirit entities But there's no question in my mind that this individual is trafficking with with demons now the contrast would be someone like john edwards it seems like to me that john edwards has become a master and i think i would put james von Prague in that same camp these guys have just become master role players in cold readings where it seems like they're in contact with a spirit entity because of the way they're handling themselves but it seems more like they're tricksters and the evidence seems to point toward that
0: This concludes part one of Pat's interview with Dr. Ron Rhodes on ghosts and paranormal activity. If you missed any part of this interview, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to the entire interview and enjoy other great interviews and resources right there on the site. Pat is the director of the Pacific Apologetics Center a subsidiary ministry of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. I hope you'll be with us next week as Pat presents part two of his interview on ghosts and the paranormal. Evidence and Answers radio show is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetics Center. Join us again every Saturday, right here for more Evidence and Answers.